Hello, welcome to Rational Investing. My name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. Thank you very much for watching the channel, all the comments and subscribers. I greatly appreciate it. This week up, we're going to take a look at Tesla. Uh, Tesla stock is down 50% from its high. Uh, this channel was uh, a sell rating, if we give ratings, but we were not interested in the stock. We thought it was way, way, way overpriced. It's now come down 50% from where we reviewed it this time last year. November 21st is when we reviewed it last. We said it was overpriced. Let's take a look now with their new upcoming a target of car production, almost 1.3 million vehicles they're going to make. They're going to look, looks like they're going to hit that number. Let's take a look at after the price has been cut by 50% with a new forecast. We'll figure out what we think this stock is worth. We'll also take a look at ARK Investment and their forecast and what they think the stock is worth. We're going to compare the two. Ready? Let's get to work. All right, on this channel, I always encourage everybody to read the 10Ks, read the annual reports for all the stocks that you're going to own, and obviously consolidate your portfolio into a handful of stocks uh, and know them very, very well. That's the idea. And you want to buy stocks that generate cash flow. I think anything that we've learned from this last market decline is that growth stocks can get hammered when interest rates go up. The people ultimately value companies on cash flow. And if we get over, you know, a little ahead of our, on our skis, uh, leaning into growth, we get pulled back to reality because ultimately a stock is only worth the cash flow it's going to produce in the future. Uh, and the longer you have to wait for that cash, the less value it is today. And that's the lesson of this market multiple contraction that we're seeing in the stock market. And Tesla is no different. Tesla is down 50%. Let's take a look at uh, the stock. Now, before we begin, as always, we're going to review Tesla on five key attributes. Number one, top line revenue growth. Is revenue growing? Number two, EBITDA, enterprise level earnings for the company needs to be growing. Number three, strong free cash flow. Number four, low debt. And number five, a well-priced stock. And what is a well-priced stock? Well-priced stock is with a conservative forecast for the next 10 years, we believe that the the stock will outperform the stock market. That is the idea of a well-priced stock. You want something that meets all four criteria, is a solid company, and with a conservative forecast, will beat the market. That's the idea. Okay, let's dive right into Tesla and figure out how much money, uh, revenue, and earnings they've made over the last uh, nine or so years. Okay, behind me is the revenue for Tesla. Fiscal year ends December. I'm filming this in, in November, December. So they're going to come out uh, probably in February, March of next year, with uh, February, with their annual report. Uh, so I'm trying to estimate what 2022 will look like. But right now, we've got 2021 up on the screen. So they made $2 billion in revenue. These are in millions. $2 billion in 2013. And that has grown very steadily. I mean, great job, Tesla, for continuing to move the needle on revenue up to last fiscal year ending December 2021, $53.8 billion, a record year for them uh, and, and, and a continuation of top line revenue growth. If I were to do kind of an annualized growth rate, that's a 50% annualized growth rate over that period of time, which is very, very strong uh, nonetheless. Earnings, enterprise level earnings, EBITDA, earnings before interest tax, depreciation and amortization. Is it cash flow? No, we will get to cash flow in a little bit. But this is a proxy for cash flow on the income statement, uh, and we use it here. So EBITDA, it has been growing uh, roughly in line with uh, roughly in line with revenue. 
very, very low margins early on, right? They were still kind of getting their footings and they almost went bankrupt a couple of times. Uh, they were so desperate of cash. And then kind of a, a, a switch was flipped, the market shifted, uh, and people really started adopting their vehicles in, 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 in great speed. And that earnings has grown from $1.6 billion to 2 to 4 to $9.3 billion last fiscal year. They're going to put up a big curly number this year um, um, with, with the 1.3 million vehicles they're probably going to going to sell. Let's keep going, take a look at debt and enterprise value, market cap, and so forth. So debt levels, debt levels have been pretty moderate given a heavy manufacturing company, given all the, um, all the, the uh, manufacturing facilities they are building, uh, the debt level here seems fairly reasonable. So $600 million of long short-term, long-term debt and capital lease liabilities they had in 2013. That's grown to 13 0.3 billion, and they paid down a lot of debt of more recently than nine billion dollars last fiscal year. Interestingly, cash on the balance sheet—they have quite a lot of cash. Uh, last fiscal year, they had almost 19 billion dollars of cash on the balance sheet. I've removed about six billion of that just to say, hey, you need some for working capital, and the rest I'll consider as excess. Uh, and that's roughly $11.3 billion, although re realistically that cash is going to go into the development of other manufacturing facilities. Uh, but for this calculation, I'm using excess cash is anything north of $6 billion. If I uh, then take the shares outstanding times price over the last um, you know, decade or so, I get a market cap of $17 billion, relatively very, very cheap. Uh, when they weren't making any money before the technology was truly adopted. And then it just kind of explodes higher to $1.2 trillion last uh, fiscal year. Enterprise value is basically the sum of these two less the cash. Follows the same pattern because most of it is stock equity value. There's really not that much debt on the book. So 18 to $30 billion of equity va enterprise value earlier in this decade. And that has grown, or, or, or later in the previous decade, um, and that's grown to $1.2 trillion. And what I like to point out here is just the multiples here on enterprise value divided by EBITDA. So this is the kind of the payback period of how big is the enterprise divided by how much money does it make, how many earnings does it make on an annual basis. And you can see with growth stocks, it's very difficult to pin down how much to pay for this stock because earlier in the in the in this time period, it's at a hundred, it's at six hundred times earnings. Um, their earnings did grow, but it's very difficult to guess how much to pay for a company at 600 times earnings. It's, um, uh, it's, it's basically a, a wild guess. That multiple has come down as earnings has come up. Uh, it was as low as 43 recently, but as high as 130, kind of at the, the peak of this stock market last fiscal year before the stock price collapsed. Um, I've also split adjusted all these um, all these uh, share counts. So they've been they've been issuing and splitting shares, which has driven kind of the euphoria around the stock even more as people received um, more slices of the same pie, thinking they actually got more than they used to, but they they did not. The the pie is exactly the same piece. They're just slicing it thinner and thinner, and people unfortunately get deceived to think they have they've just been given more value, but really they've been given nothing. Uh, so this 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 stock 
price here has been quite high at 127 times earnings. Let's figure out what it is today. The last one I want to cover is our risk of bankruptcy measure that we use, the debt to EBITDA number. We want to see less than three times debt to EBITDA, especially for a company like this that's got a, a large heavy manufacturing. And it looks like while the debt was very high when they were doing the development, they have now built their factories, the cars are selling and the earnings have gone up, kind of right sizing the debt a lot. So now the debt with the cash they have on hand and the earnings of $9 billion uh, is right sized and actually have very low debt relative to earnings. So great job team really pulling through. Let's take a look at free cash flow, figure out how much cash money Tesla makes. I want to remind you, you and everybody here that I do teach a course on investing. I teach you how to do all of this. I give you this financial model. We walk through Apple Corporation and I give you 10 years of 10Ks and we pull through all the material that you need to do. Uh, you can get that course right now on my website, cashflowinvestingpro.com, where I teach you how to do this. And even we have a holiday sale going on. Type in holiday sales 2022 for 20% off. All right, let's keep going. So cash flow from operations. This is the first third of the cash flow statement. Cash flow statement is probably the most important statement you can have of the three income statement balance sheet cash flow. Of the cash flow, which is always the third statement, it bridges the income statement to the balance sheet. They, all the statements have to tie together. The cash flow is the linking statement. Cash flow statement links the income statement and the balance sheet. Cash flow from operations. This is how much pure cash money, actual hard currency, do they make by selling their cars, selling the solar cells, doing doing the the the, the business activity that they do. And you can see they made 181 million dollars in 2013. They were negative for quite many many years. That's when they were kind of risk of bankruptcy. Uh, that's when they were out scrambling for money. That's when the share price was truly, truly hammered because they were were losing cash every year, and they were um, and they were investing very, very heavily. So this combined negative meant that their cash burn annually was 4.5 billion dollars, and they were funding it largely with debt and stock issuance. So that was really, really hyper growth phase, and it's very hard to maintain, and that was that pr produced a lot of risk. The, the investments that they made panned out and they were able to make cars and people bought them. So cash flow flips around and they start producing free cash flow as they hit that inflection point. Great job, guys and uh, girls. Great job, team. And they end up producing $1.3 billion of cash all the way to $9.376 billion of cash flow operation. This, however, is adjusted cash flow operation. I'm taking out um, stock-based comp. Their stock-based comp last year was $2.8 billion. So this number was actually higher, closer to uh, $12 billion of cash flow operations. I've reduced it for the stock-based comp. But nonetheless, it's positive and it's growing strongly, which is next to the EBITDA growth. So I, I think they're accounting properly for the cash costs that are coming through, even if they are giving a tremendous amount of equity to the employees. CapEx, right? This is a heavy manufacturing business that is building entire factories. So we're going to expect this to be really, really big, and it is. And it's a big, chunky number relative to the free cash flow that they make. In some, most, most years, it's actually more than 100% of cash flow from operations is CapEx. This is not something that we like. We like a little bit more of an asset light model. But in recent years, as they begin to have, uh, to, as, as the factories that they built, come online, their cash flow is growing, going, 
becoming bigger than the capex, which means this margin is widening, and we would expect that to continue going forward. Debt payments, debt payments look reasonable. The debt itself is come in line with um, with the uh, the earnings that they make. Free cash flow here last couple of years is negative mainly because of these large debt pay payments. If we were to zero these out, you can see that last year they made free cash flow of about just shy of 2.9 billion. Um, again, expensing stock-based comp. Shares outstanding $3.3 billion, which means you got a share pro a cash, free cash flow per share, holding debt aside for a moment of 80, 84 cents per share. Uh, now that's pretty low. Actually, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep going for a second. I'll keep this here. That's, that's pretty low, right? So if you make 84 cents, last fiscal year, December, the peak, Tesla on a split adjusted basis was trading for $352 per share, and it made only 84 cents. That means a free cash flow yield of 0.2% annually. Now, two things. One, if you want to learn how to split adjust shares and correct for splits, I teach that in my course. I highly recommend you take it. It will change the way you think about investing for the rest of your life, and it'll pay off long, long term for you. So I highly recommend you do it. Uh, but this means us as cash flow buyers, we're putting our money into a stock that's yielding only 0.2%. That is extremely low, and you are banking everything on price appreciation. That's not what we want to do. We want a much more balanced approach. You want to find something that is yielding, I don't know, five, six. We try to find things on this channel that are yielding double digits, 10% free cash flow. So then you're making 10% of your money regardless of what the stock price does. That's what we want. Then if the stock grows, it's an added kicker and that's really what we want. So anyways, I digress. This is kind of the way, way uh, it's set up. I'll put the debt back so my model's running properly. Okay, now forecast. Let's figure out how to forecast this business. Hey, sorry to interrupt. If you like the content, please subscribe. I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want more stock tips, check my website out, cashflowinvestingpro.com, where I produce one-pagers like this one, summarizing 10 years of financial information for American Express. I give you a forecast of what I think it's going to do, and currently, I think it's yield 23% IRR for the next decade. An amazing stock pick. There's lots more. Check out the link below for a free one-pager at cashflowinvestingpro.com. Okay, let's forecast this business. And, and Tesla's, when you're forecasting a new business, you want to figure out what, what's the underlying product or service. And if you can kind of tie that down to a per unit value, it makes um, forecasting a bit more manageable. And for us, Tesla is a car manufacturer. Right now, that's what they do. I know that they've got a software model. I know they've got roofing companies and battery companies, all that other stuff. But right now, they are a car company. And most of all their revenue comes from cars, and it's going to come from cars. So that's what we're going to forecast. Let's fi let's figure out how many cars they sold. So I've got I've got car sales here, 2016 to 2021. 75,000 cars one year, 100,000 quarter of a million, 367, 500,000 half a million, just shy of a million. And we're forecasting they're going to do 1.3 million cars sales this year that we're in now that they're, they're just wrapping up uh this month so on an annual growth rate of sales of cars you're looking at high double digits so we're talking 50 percent 30 80 percent 40 percent range annually in growth of car sales and the market the street is saying hey that's going to continue that they're going to continue to grow at a very healthy clip um, I, my forecast, I've got just shy of 10 million units out 10 years. 
Um, um, ARC Investment is saying 17 million cars. Low end of the street conservative forecast is 13 million. Um, so I'm, I'm on the low end of the low end of the forecast in, in the Wall Street, mainly because this is a lot of growth to maintain for a decade. We're talking high double digits for a long, long time in the middle of a recession and inflation on a product that is a luxury product. You do not need to buy a $75,000 car. Uh, as, as times get tough, they're going to have to sell more and more of these. And I think people are going to take um, a step down in the automobile and maybe buy a used car. So I think there's a lot of skepticism or a lot of, um, res a lot of risk in this forecast right here. Uh, my forecast is even more conservative than anybody on the street. But so I'm, I'm throwing a number out there. 10 million cars out 10 years. That's what they need to do. Cars sold per revenue. So this is just me taking total revenue. Divide by cars. Now, yes, there are some revenue in the company that is not car sales, but it's a smaller percentage and it's a rough guess. But it's giving me kind of an average price per car. And you're seeing this number come down per car, which you would expect as they scale, their production costs come down. They can bring down the cost of the car. They sell more kind of averages out. And that's going to continue to a $40 per car is my forecast. ARC is $30. Uh, so I'm bringing the cost per car down. When I multiply this times this, I get revenue. So revenue for them has been, as you saw in six, in, earlier in this, in this forecast, $7 billion all the way to $54 billion last year. Well, I just continue the math out there, and I'm looking at $380, $390 million, excuse me, billion dollars um, out 10 years for Tesla. Now, EBITDA, EBITDA margin is low. It's 4% single digits grown to 17%. The quarter to date, last three quarters, it's been around 20, 22%. So I'm pegging 22% EBITDA with a forecast of $15.7 billion. I do want to shout out to the team. Last, last year's number, I think we had just over $10 billion of the 2021 forecast. And it came in actually at 9.33. At so we missed the forecast. We were high. We were high slightly by about a billion dollars. Uh, maybe 10% off, but that's still a great guess because we are we are looking at we were looking at 4.2. We guessed 10. It came in at 9.3. So great job, team at the Cash Flow Club, for coming and sell out on the forecast in Tesla. So we're saying 15.7 billion dollars out next year, and that's going to grow to a long-term margin of 26%. Now, Arc Investments has 35% margin. Just as a hypothetical, 35% margin would be 134 billion dollars of revenue. I'm saying it's not going to be that high. It's going to be 100 billion dollars of revenue as a forecast based on this on this model because. Look, 26% EBITDA margin is a very healthy margin for what is a heavy equipment manufacturing company. Uh, so I think that that's, that's already a, a decent number. So now we have a revenue and an EBITDA forecast. Let's just continue the model through. So I, I take a percent of adjusted EBITDA to, to uh, adjusted free cash flow to EBITDA, and I think that 75% of their free of the EBITDA is going to come into CFO ca adjusted cash flow from operations, and I get that forecast here. And I think they're going to make about 75 billion dollars of cash flow from operations adjusted out 10 years. CapEx, I, they're going to continue putting a large amount of money back into the business because they are a heavy equipment manufacturer. Once they build these factories, right, they still have to maintain them and upgrade them with 
Uh, new technology. That new technology means that it's it's it's, it's expensive. They also have to might they also might have to build more battery factories. So they're going to be putting thirty seven. $30 billion a year back in the business. So that means this free cash flow we're gonna generate $37 billion, we don't get to keep all of it. You're gonna keep 50% of it. And because they've been able to manage their business with very little debt load, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna put debt aside, say they're not gonna issue debt, but they can, they very, very can, as they grow, continue to re-leverage and finance these facilities. So this cash flow forecast is low. If they took in cash to help offset some of this, there would be positive numbers in this and the cash flow would be higher. But I didn't want to forecast how they want their capital structure. I'm just going to leave it alone. And I'll say that their free cash flow to equity is going to be $3.5 billion next year. And it's going to grow 10x, essentially, to $37 billion out 10 years from now. That's going to give me a per share, oops, a per share um, free cash flow of a dollar up from the 84 cents we saw last year to $10 out 10 years. I'm going to caution you here. There's a big if here. This whole thing is predicated, A, on a lot of assumptions, but B, one particular assumption is this car sales. This number here, they need to 10x their car volume. That's the critical assumption, I think, in all of this. The rest of this, all these margins will, will move up and down over time, fine. But I think the biggest driver here is saying, hey, car sales are gonna go one point, from 1.3 billion annually car volume sales to 10 billion annual car sales. All right, let's put, plug this in and figure out how much, how, what does this mean for a price forecast for Tesla? Okay, here we go. Let's estimate the price of Tesla out 10 years based on the EBITDA market multiple methods. So behind me is the forecast for EBITDA that we just came up with. Build up from a car basis, built up average revenue per car, EBITDA margin gives me a target. I'm out for $100 million of EBITDA out a decade from now, which is a very, very strong number and a very, very strong growth rate. These are, these are really, really big numbers, and I think this poses a lot of risk to the forecast. Exit multiple 18 times EBITDA while we're having a market multiple compression right now. So I'm going to bring that back down. That means enterprise value $1.8 trillion. They've got some debt, some cash, $1.8 trillion in the uh, market cap, less the outstanding shares of 3.4 billion shares. Gives me a price target of $520 per share uh, with the EBITDA market multiple method. On a free cash flow basis, we have our $2, it's going to grow 10x to $10. I'm going to put a 4% free cash flow yield on it, and it's going to give me a much lower valuation, $270 based on a free cash flow method, which I told you before was low. I think they will borrow some money to go finance those facilities. I did not put that in there, but you could have higher free cash flow if they, if they uh, finance the facilities. So $270 was the price forecast. So where's the price today? If I look in the stock market right now, I can buy as much Tesla stock as I want at $180 per share. I've got a forecast here of 270 and 500 based on two different methods. I'll average it, call it about $400 per share. If I look at the current enterprise value of Tesla, it is $621 billion. Forecast next year of EBITDA is 15 billion. That's a 40 times market multiple or a 0.6% yield. Now, where has Tesla been in the past on market uh, on um, on the market multiples? Well, last year at the peak, it was 127 times earnings. That has come down dramatically. We are talking from 126 times multiple to 
40 times multiple. That's what, uh, that's 75% collapse in the market multiple. While earnings have grown, this is the interesting thing about market multiples. If the stock market changes and becomes less popular, multiples come down on stocks even though earnings continue to grow. That means the stock becomes a whole lot more attractive than it used to be. It's really, really interesting here. I'll also want to comment that if it's currently trading at, at 40 times, and we think that an exit market multiple is 18 times, that means we're going to experience market multiple compression as the stock grows, and we're not going to get full credit for all of this growth. Most of this EBITDA growth is baked into the price already because you're paying 40 times earnings off this number. Even though it grows, in the future it'll trade at 18 times this number, so that compression holds down the return that you're going to get. So let's pop this into an IRR and see what it looks like. All right, here's our IRR calculation. We've got $180 per share for Tesla, and we're saying out 10 years, it's gonna be just over $400. I'll get this pro rata share of my ownership of the cash flow, and that's gonna produce an 11% annualized IRR, or about two and a half times cash on cash return on our money. That is a market beating return, technically. The S&P 500 has produced an average of 10% annual return for any 10 year period of time in its history. And if this is producing 11% annualized return, that is technically a market beating return. So let's put this return into some perspective. We're at here at $180 per share. This forecast produces an 11% IRR. If the stock price goes up, I'm definitely not interested. It drops quickly below the S&P 500 average or 10%. If the stock price comes down, I think it becomes more attractive on a risk adjusted basis for the stock. Let's run a couple scenarios. Let's talk about ARK investments and figure out what we, uh, what we like, what we don't like about this stock. All right, ARK investment. They are the, um, you know, Kathy Woods is out there pitching Bitcoin, pitching uh, Tesla, doing all kinds of things to kind of prop up portfolio. They have had very, very aggressive uh, targets for Tesla in the past. This is the review that they gave, that, that I showed in my last video, November 21st, uh, 2000, November 2021 review that I did on this channel. This is the ARK Investments forecast at the time when I did the review. I have now updated their numbers from their website. This is what they have now, and we can change. We can see the change in their bull case. So, average car price they have brought down thirty-six dollars to, to thirty dollars. I have forty, by the way, in my model. So we we differ there. The car volume they've gone from ten to seventeen. I've held mine at ten. Uh, that means car revenue for them, they are leaning much more heavily now on car revenue than they used to. $360 billion to half a billion dollars of car revenue for them. I think this is six years out from where they are now. I'm 10 years out. Insurance revenue held the same. Automotive, this autonomous ride hauling, which they don't currently have any revenue, zero. Uh, it's not even mentioned in the annual report. Uh, their uh, ARK investment is saying, hey, we're, they're magically going to come up with $370 billion, excuse me, $370 yeah, billion dollars of annual revenue from this mythic uh, revenue line in a, in, a, in a few years. Well, that has grown. They're now saying uh, not only do they believe it, even though it hasn't even started yet, but they're going to grow that by $150 billion. So now they're talking $400 and $86 billion. This doesn't pass a smell test to me. I think, I think they, they cut their forecast, they cut their price up here, uh, and they, they wanna maintain their, their price target. So they're just gonna tack on the missing revenue they need here. So I think that doesn't smell, pass a smell test to me. But they're saying 
they're going to have a half a trillion dollars of annual revenue uh, out uh, four or five years from now by this mystic line. That I don't know, but that's going to put total Tesla revenue for them at just under that's a trillion dollars annually. Uh, these numbers are no, these numbers are in thousands. Excuse me, trillion, billion. I think I messed that up the entire time. Uh, these are these are billions. These are these are these are millions. These are billions. Uh, sorry about that. So this is this is one billion dollars of annual revenue. This is four hundred eighty-six million of rev of uh, autonomous ride-hauling revenue, and this is car sales of four hundred five hundred thirteen million dollars. Sorry, they they present their numbers in thousands. I do mine in millions, so I got a little mixed up. Apologize for that. But they're saying that then they're going to take a margin hit. So their EBITDA margin, I thought this was really interesting. They cut their margin almost in half. They were saying 50% profit margin uh, just uh, just a year ago. Now they're saying, oops, no, that's actually 35%. That's a monster cut, by the way. And I think the way they offset this is they made up extra revenue right here. So they have to goose this number to make up for the cut in margin. Because ultimately, surprise, surprise, they fall around the same the same level of ultimate earnings. Why? Because they want they don't want to change their price target. They own the stock, um, so even though they 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 move some numbers around here, they come very close to the same number, which I think is very surprising. Uh, they give a, a a slight reduction in the market multiple because the market multiple contraction. I've got eighteen. They have seventeen now, and they and and I get when I do this math just shy of six billion dollars. Excuse me, uh, six trillion dollars of. Uh, market cap value, excuse me, enterprise value. Um, they don't give any debt or cash in their numbers. They just take from here and they get a number of $6 billion of, um, uh, or I, I get $6 billion of market cap because they don't state what the debt level is or what the cash level is at the time they exit. They did last year, they don't now. And so our numbers actually differ. On their website, they have $6.7 billion, but they don't have any, they don't give any indication of the debt level or the cash on hand. When I do the math that they have, I only get $6 billion. So, slight difference, but at the end of the day, their split adjusted share price um, for them is $1,700, up from $1,300 on their website. Um, I have split adjusted these shares, by the way, up on their website, they show. They show uh, 1,000 shares, so these numbers are, uh, they're at 4,000, I think, a dollars a share. I've split adjusted, that's why it will differ on a per share basis. But their target is $1,700. My target is 500 and 200. So we dramatically um, differ, and the reason we differ is twofold. A, car sales, right, there have 17, million cars sold annually. I'm at 10. And they have this, this mythic revenue of $486 million annually of extra revenue. Our, our EBITDA margins are also lower. They were at 50. They're now saying 35. I'm at 25. So I, th I think this is how you're, you're, you're seeing a difference in just how, um, uh, how, how robust the forecast could be. And for them, it looks like they're cutting their forecast uh, as, the, as, as time moves on. Let's recap the five key attributes. Number one, top line revenue growth. Yes, it's growing. Number two, earnings growth. EBITDA is growing. Yes. Number three, strong free cash flow. I'll say strong free cash flow. Yes, it's there. Um, you know, for, for, for the type of manufacturing company it is, it is strong. Number four, number four low debt, debt is zero. Good job, team. Number five, well priced. Technically, yes, it is. 
Um, technically, our definition is, uh, you know, do you beat the stock market? Fine. I think you could take um, take a position that the forecast, even that I have, is too robust, is too is too strong. Again, if I if I revisit the forecast, uh, I think the 10 million cars outstanding in 10 years is a strong forecast, and this double digit growth every single year for a decade is is very hard to do. Uh, and I think that you can make 11% in the stock market on an annualized IRR on companies that have a whole lot higher free cash flow and don't need to grow at 40% annually. There are stocks trading right now that can grow at 2% annually, annually and you can make 11% IRR. So why would I risk um, a forecast so aggressive that only produces 11%. So for for that reason, for that reason, I'm a meh. Technically, it beats the numbers. It meets all five criteria. It is well-priced. Check that box. Um, and it meets the criteria. But for, for me, and, and I think for all of us in the cash flow investing world, the cash flow is too low and we're too dependent on this growth. Whereas we can, for example, buy stocks that are yielding 20, 30% IRRs uh, with a lot uh, lower growth forecast out in the market. So I highly recommend that you check out my website, cashflowinvestingpro.com, for two reasons. One, I teach a cash flow course, which you should absolutely take. It will teach you the 20 years of finance background as a CFO that I have learned working with private equity, buying and selling companies, taking companies public. I've distilled that knowledge down to a three-hour course, just like I do here. I will give you the material. I'll teach you to be an investor on your own, and you should build a model for every company that you own. It'll limit your your the number of securities that you own, and it'll focus your portfolio. Number two, join the Cash Flow Club. Buy an annual subscription for, for yourself. What it's going to do, it's going to provide you with perspective, because we review on that Cash Flow Club a whole lot more stocks than we do here on a weekly basis. And what you get is you get a 10-year uh, summary simply summarized on a one-pager. With 10 years of, of cash flow, I give you the uh, five key attributes off the side. There's a forecast, a write-up, and what you would do is you'd find companies that you like. You print this out, you lay it on the shelf, and every quarter you pick it up and you just smell check the price. And over time, stock prices move all the time independently of value. At some point, that stock price will come down to the little sensitivity table down below. You can say, you know what, I want to buy that stock right now. And I don't have to do the research because I already have the one pager. So definitely check that out. We've got several analysts working for the club, cranking out one pagers. And it is a it will give you, um, you know, at least 100 stocks that you can look at. Uh, on and, and judge the relative value between what is a high free cash flowing stock and what is a low free cash flowing stock to give you perspective. So check that out, cashflowinvestingpro.com. Also, we're doing a holiday promotion right now. So if you want to buy a full year of the Cash Flow Club, I'll give you an extra 20% off with the coupon uh, Holiday Sales 2022. So definitely buy the year and for, for savings, just monthly to year and then pick up an extra 20% with the holiday coupon. All right. Thank you very much. This has been Tesla. Uh, I think it's a very interesting stock. It's approaching, approaching better value, but I still think paying 40 times earnings for a stock is too much. Not in this market when there are stocks that are yielding 10, 
12% free cash flow yields that only have to grow 2%. You can make 20% IRRs. And those stocks, by the way, are listed in the Cash Flow Club. I host a webinar every quarter where we go over the top picks. You can ask me questions directly and we have a great time. So check it out, cashflowinvestingpro.com. Uh, in the description down below, you can download a free one-pager uh, and you can, uh, you can check out the course. Thank you so much for your time. Throw me a comment. Uh, let me know what stock you'd like to see next. Uh, I know Tesla was, was hotly demanded and I was late getting it out, but I wanted to review it on its anniversary from, for this channel. Uh, hit the subscribe button. We're trying to build the channel, so uh, that really helps me out a ton. I really appreciate it. And share on social media. Thank you very much. I uh, hope everyone's having a wonderful kind of start of the holiday season, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.